Hello and welcome back to your new favorite weekly podcast, Choosing Exist. I'm your host, Thomas, and I'm so glad you could join me again. I spent some time thinking about last week's episode, thinking about how I want this to exist in the world. And I really want to be casual. I want to be nice. I want to be as if we're having a small chat in a park at a coffee shop. Nothing too intense, nothing too out there. Just two people chatting about some topics. Or in this case, you listening to me (laughs) chat about some topics. Though I hope you have your own thoughts as well about it. This week we're getting into it with self-driving cars and in relation, AI. Of course, a lot of us are more familiar with self-driving cars these days because of the work Tesla's doing on that. But what I think isn't explored enough is the benefits of once a majority of cars are all self-driving and all communicating with each other, they can collectively have a response time to any disruptions in travel be immediate, be much faster than any possible human reflexes. The cool thing, once enough cars are all connected together and kind of talking to each other, is that, say, a child walks into the road during heavy traffic. Not only does the car that's in the same lane as the child see it much faster than any human could possibly react to it, the cars behind it will all also technically quote-unquote see it through the first car, as well as the cars in the opposing traffic lane. So if the first car has to swerve into the the left, into the opposing traffic lane, the cars in the opposing traffic lane also swerve or slow down in response to that. So what could be a disastrous accident uh, turns into nothing, turns into just a slight disruption in traffic and then everyone continues on their way. And to add to that, even if there was an accident, there really isn't a reason why the AI couldn't immediately call um, emergency line and get help happening immediately. They'd have cameras, so they'd have all the information of what happened with the accident. they'd be able to move aside for emergency vehicles to make their way in. So instead of, you know, relying on everyone actually getting out of the way, you could have every single car that's connected to AI just automatically moves to the outer portion of the road so that there's a clear path for an emergency vehicle to reach whatever happened, whatever accident happened. Same thing for if there's a firefight, a fire happening. Like, if a fire truck needs to get somewhere, all the cars could just immediately move out of the way and make clear, easy, passable way for them to get from to where they need to go as fast as they can. It's just, it's, it's an efficiency thing. And it's just, it, it helps increase efficiency so that there's less hiccups in the way. 
because they're all communicating because they can all move as a unit instead of moving as each individuals as we're used to though i say all this i do love driving and if there ever comes a time where we no longer have the option to drive at all i will be very sad because it's fun it is fun um but there are some serious benefits attached to handing over the wheel to a computer so with that said, um, obviously I don't want to get too big brother on you, but that kind of world would mean that AI has almost limitless information about the world that's happening, both you know physically around it, as well as internally, digitally, which will definitely be a scary thing for a lot of people. I'm sure there'll be some people who'd freak out about it. I also think there's plenty of people who won't care at all. I think that the general population probably won't even think about it if it makes their lives easier. If it makes it easy enough, why would they complain? Um, especially given the benefits that we could see from it. But it is definitely kind of something that is unnerving to some people. The idea that the AI could be watching. What does the AI know? What is the AI motives? But like also, people have motives. AI has a job. AI is like, hey, I need to do this thing. Okay, cool, it's done. What is the next thing I need to do? People are more complicated. So I guess it's more about it. It's a relieving, I guess, in a way for me. And that if AI is doing the things, it's just a computer. It's just it just knows it has a job to do and it does it people on the other hand we make things more complicated we always do we we get our emotions involved we get our current life involved we get our past life involved we get things get involved because life is complicated but computers have the luxury of their life's aren't at least as they are right now they're not emotional We're, we are emotional beings computers are not it's that time again time for an ad in this case get your tarot deck with me it's a great idea or anything else really uh hit up my website h-a-l-i-n-x dot com please look around actually look at what I have there and I appreciate it thank you I'm also going to use this space to encourage people to download the Umo app for transit um, it's I'm sure if you take the bus you've seen it please actually download the app please sign up it's easy it's very easy I just did it yesterday um, in this case, that's Monday, because I'm recording this on Tuesday, August 1st. And it's honestly so easy. Um, the more people who do it, the faster we'll actually get that service. And that would be nice. Um, last part of this ad, please like, subscribe, follow, find me on other socials. It all helps. Thank you. Do you realize you just listened to a minute long ad? 
When's the last time you did that without skipping through it? So there's a really cool thing you can kind of see about someone if you watch them play Magic the Gathering. It's a it's a competitive game. It involves a decent amount of thinking, decent amount of luck, decent amount of skill, decent amount of bluffing. Um, there's skill that involves playing the game. There's skill that goes into building the deck. There's skill that involves reading your opponent. At the end of the day, though, a lot of it comes down to knowing what you are doing and knowing what you are capable of doing with what you have available to you. And something that happens a lot in this game is people will defeat themselves before they even give themselves a chance to succeed. Let me, let me say that again. People will defeat themselves before they even give themselves a chance. Which is nuts. You see it throughout the world. You see it in more than just magic. But I think with magic it's a good example. Um, because you can see it more often. It's the kind of thing where people may feel like they're facing an impossible obstacle. They might feel like, oh, there's no way. Um, when realistically, yeah, there might be a way. There, there might be one or two draws, six draws, something like that, that you can get that will fix your situation. Alternatively, maybe your opponent will stumble and they'll fix the situation for you without you having done really much of anything at all. Which is just one of the wild things that we get into our heads and we just convince ourselves that we don't deserve success. Which is wild to me. Like, you just gotta keep on trying. You're not gonna win them all. No one ever wins them all. I mean, maybe someone it does, but I certainly don't. Um, I've taken I've taken plenty of losses in that game. It's one of those games where you just you have to be okay with taking a loss. It happens all the time. In this case, it's a learning experience. Treating your loss as a learning experience helps you understand what you're doing wrong and helps what you, you understand what you can do better next time. Um, it helps you look at so many different angles. It helps you look at the resources you go into a situation with. In this case, like what the deck you're using it is contains and what options you have available once you start the game and then what you have available once you're actually playing it. It's, it's a lot of options for reflection and review about what you can do with what you have. And that's, that's an important skill. And I think that a lot of people don't appreciate how valuable that skill can be. I say it out loud here, and I hope I'm communicating that now, but it's definitely something that gets looked over. And I'm actually going to use this to segue into the last thing I want to talk to you today about, is the power of vibes, <laughs> or like, mindset. Um, just the idea of being positive, the idea of thinking, well, I still have this option. Well this could still happen. Well, 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 
you don't know until you do it, right? And I think vibes is just kind of the overall feeling. You you go in, you bring it in with you. If you have a positive vibe, you're, you're more looking for the positive options available to you. Whereas if you go into it with a negative one, if you go into it with a defeatist mindset, then you're almost looking for a reason to give up. And if you're looking for a reason to give up, you may as well have already lost, right? So really the power of vibes is about mindset. About mindset. It's about knowing what you can do. It's about knowing what you're like. It's about knowing the environment that you want to project. And that's really all it needs to be, right? It doesn't need to be anything big. A vibe is just a feeling. A vibe is just a aura. A vibe is just a vibe. And this has been another week of Choosing Exist. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you next week. Have a good night.